Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest led Wake Forest to two NCAA tournaments in three years. He now does great work as a college basketball analyst for ESPN. He is a DG guest here on the DG Show. Follow Dino Gaudio on Twitter at Coach Dino Gaudio. Coach, welcome back to the program. I imagine you are dialed in to these early games on day one of the big bracket. Yeah, I tell you, I was just I just locked in here to Rhode Island, Oklahoma. What a heck of a game that was in overtime. And uh, E.C. Matthews, two huge threes late in overtime. And Langevin, the, the big fella, comes in and knocks four straight free throws down. So, you know, Oklahoma, a lot of people had questions. Should they have been in or should they not? And uh, Rhode Island takes care of them, 83-78. And it was a really competitive Really good basketball game. Duke fans take note. Assuming the Devils beat Iona later this afternoon, it will be Rhode Island instead of Oklahoma in the next round. Tennessee has eliminated Wright State. Kansas has come back on Penn. The Jayhawks are up 27-23 late first half. Our friends at UNC Greensboro trail Gonzaga by nine at the half, 32-23. Wes Miller and the Spartans about to take the court in the second half. I saw a crazy stat when I visited Ken Palm. Dot com coach and I want to get your thoughts the four schools I'm going to name are among the 10 least experienced teams in this NCAA tournament and I want your thoughts on how much this matters number one Villanova is one a number one seed one of the least experienced teams in the tournament the way Ken Palm measures it number two seed Duke is actually next to last 350th in the experience category. A five-seed Kentucky is dead last in experience. And a dangerous three-seed Michigan State is also among the 10 least experienced teams in the NCAA tournament. Do you place a lot of weight on that? Or do you say, well, you know, elite talent can overcome a lack of experience? Well, I, I, think, I think if you have just young guys, David, I, I think that's really a factor. I, I, I really do. Like when Kentucky with that young team won that championship a couple years ago, they, they had some experienced guys around Michael Kidd and, and Anthony Davis. But, but this Kentucky team right now is just so very, very young. Same thing with Mike's team at Duke. Now, Mike has the luxury, if you call it such, of having Grayson Allen there, a senior yeah. that, as we know, when he was a freshman, just played outstanding. I think he had 16 or 17 in the national championship game as a freshman. So he's been there, you know, and he's, he's done that. Now, now there's Villanova. They got, they got some talented young guys, but you're also talking about um, a, a terrific point guard, Jalen Brunson, and, and a couple other guys that have been there as well and done it that were part of a national championship team. So I think if it's just young guys, and, and, and you don't have the experience to go with them, then I think it's a factor. But, but if you've got a little bit of a mixture, then, then I, I think it's fine. Because you know what, David? That's, that's what our game has evolved to. It's just a bunch of, you know, uh, with the one and done, a bunch of talented young guys, that, that, and, and everybody has them. It's just, I think it just comes down to do you have some talent with experience to go around them. Since the last time we talked – Virginia lost the ACC Sixth Man of the Year, DeAndre Hunter, to injury. Coach, when I, I was at the ACC tournament in Brooklyn. I picked UVA to win that event. They did. 
I saw those three great guards. I saw Hunter helping off the bench. And I really penciled them in for my final four. I'm a bigger believer in UVA than a lot of people are. But I want your thoughts as a coach. It'd be one thing if you knew you were without DeAndre Hunter and you had a month or two to react to that. It's another thing to lose the best NBA prospect in your entire eight-man rotation and basically at the last minute have to figure out your next move. What are your thoughts as you see UVA, the number one overall seed, move forward without DeAndre Hunter? Yeah, Tony. Tony's a dear friend of mine. And, then, you know, we talked before, David. I go up here a lot and watch practices. And just, it's, I, I think, and this is me talking, I think it's a devastating blow. Yeah. He, he might have been, he might have been, uh, you know, not their leading scorer, maybe just under 10 points a game, 38% from behind the three-point line. But he might be, you know, their best player all around and all the things that he could do on the defensive end of the floor. He can guard multiple positions. Same thing on the offensive end. He's a guy that could create for himself and others and what is a very regimented offense. I, I, I just think, unfortunately, it's a huge blow for the Cavaliers. Now, they're still going to be good on defense. They're still going to hold teams in the 50s or 60s. But I think, heck, I think in a second-round game, whoever they face there, whether it's, you know, um, um, I, I know they got Creighton or Kansas State, but what I should say is that next round, whether it's Arizona or Kentucky, boy, I'll tell you what, I, I think they're going to have a hard time getting by one of those two teams. Again, through your coach's eyes, the, the way I see the main options, it's either – it's taken eight-man rotation, and I mean Tony Bennett used those eight guys. His starters, it was Nigel Johnson, the first guard off the bench. It was Hunter and Mamadi Diakite as the two sort of forwards off the bench. Do you just say, hey, it's March. I got to just rely on the seven men who are used to what I've asked of them all year long? Or, or do you look on that bench and ask somebody under the spotlight of March Madness to become a part of an eight-man rotation moving forward when you haven't leaned on them that way for the last three months? Yeah, for, for, for me, I think you shorten your bench. I think you go with those seven guys. Now, the game might dictate otherwise, David. The, the, the game might dictate all of a sudden you're in foul trouble. Yeah. You have to go a little deeper down your bench. You know what I mean? And, and, and maybe, maybe a star emerges from that. Maybe a Grayson Allen as a freshman like he did at Duke that we talked about just a little bit ago all of a sudden comes in, surprises you, and gets 16 or whatever in a big game. But I think from a coaching perspective, see, see coaching is all about trust. Like, like, do I trust this guy yeah. in that 94 by 50-foot rectangle while he's out there? And by now you've developed your bench. Do guys coming off the bench have a long rope where they could play through mistakes, or do they have a short rope? Well, Tony had gone with those eight guys, and those are the guys he trusted. Those are the guys that had a little longer rope. N number nine, player number nine, who's, who's now all of a sudden moved up a little bit and hasn't played much all year, there's a reason for that. There's a reason he hasn't yeah. played a lot because, you know, he might have had a short rope with Tony where – not as a person, don't get me wrong, but, but as a player, he didn't trust him out there. So I, I think you shorten your bench, you go with what you have, and all of a sudden, you know, in the tournament, if, if, if you're in foul trouble, then you may have to go a little deeper down that bench as you're walking down there and pulling a guy out for whether it's a perimeter player, a post player for Jack Stahl if he needs sub. But, uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm just shaking my head now. I know you can't see me. I'm feeling bad, yeah. Tony. Right back at you. I mean, I, the two, I've covered this league for 31 years, and the two best Virginia teams I've ever seen were 2015, where they were 28-1, and one, and then yeah. Justin Anderson gets Justin. hurt and has his appendectomy, and they were never the same. And this team, with, with DeAndre Hunter getting hurt. I mean, Tony, you know better than I probably. He is just one of the best guys in this business. Not that they can't do great things, but my heart goes out to them, and I just I hope they can overcome this. I saw your picks posted with all of your fellow experts at uh, ESPN.com. We're talking with Coach Dino Gaudio. You have Villanova, as a lot of others do. I want to ask you about some of your other Final Four picks. When you say Arizona out of the South or Michigan State emerging from the Midwest, is that purely respecting those coaches and their personnel? Or Arizona and Michigan State just happen to be two schools fighting a lot of negativity, right? You know, with, with yeah. Arizona and the Sean Miller stuff and the Michigan State school-wide scandal. Can that stuff matter, Coach, where it's one more us-against-the-world chip on the shoulder that could motivate the Wildcats and the Spartans, or are you looking mostly through just the purely basketball eyes? You know, I, I really think this. I, I really think Arizona's extremely, extremely talented. And if Sean Miller wasn't sitting on that bench, there is no way I'd have them advancing like, like I did. But, but here's what I think happened, David. I, I think afterwards when, when Sean refuted what was said, in the article, you know, and he missed, he missed the game. I think it was the Stanford game. And then all of a sudden they had that board of trustees meetings where I think 89, 90% of the country thinks, well, this is it. They're going to fire. Right. Him well, when they backed him and supported them, I really think it galvanized that team. Trier came back from that little mini suspension from the uh, uh, drug situation that might've actually been a carryover from last year's drug test. So now they get, their head coach back when those guys in that locker room all of a sudden, man, were really doubting whether Sean was going to come back. They get Trier back. So I, I think mentally this is a different team. I think they're galvanized. They are ready to go. They're ready to play. And they're really, really talented. Hey, David, I'm a big guy with like, you got to eliminate distractions. Like, distractions kill you. But, but they had a lot of distractions this year. But all of a sudden, I think they may have. In the short, short term, anyways, uh, uh, minimize them and put them to the back burner where now they can move forward, and I think they are really, really talented. I think the Michigan State stuff, you know, I think that's really a burden on Izzo's shoulders, not so much the kids in the program yeah. uh, that are there now. Almost like when Roy was going through what he was going through with the Carolina teams in the past years, wasn't affecting those kids mentally yeah. that were there right now. But, uh, yeah, I, I like those two teams. And for me, I, I really like Michigan State. I, I think they have depth. They have guard play. They got really good wings, as we know. And I'll say this, though, David, as it starts to get to the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, and I decide on advancing teams, I look at coaches because I think those are big difference makers in, these, in this tournament. His name is Dino Gaudio. I am up against the clock, so I have to let you go. But, Darren, mark down. Coach Gaudio used the word galvanized on today's program. Can we give him the best SAT word of the week prize here on the David Glenn Show? <laughs> that is Dino Gaudio, former teacher at Central Catholic High School in Wheeling, West Virginia, <laughs> dropping galvanized on us. I respect that, Coach. You know we'll be Thank knocking you, on your <laughs> we'll be knocking on your door again. Good work with galvanized, man. I'll see you later.
All right, enjoy the games, guys. You too, Coach. He's the best.